0: Hello, and welcome to this Blueprint Across America podcast. Chuck Brotman, today's host. Blueprint helps companies get stronger through guided expansion in the Southeast. In this series, we aim to speak with talented and thoughtful professionals from cities and states across the country on a range of business and management topics. For today's podcast, I'm very excited to introduce you to Nicole Miller. Nicole is a senior managing director at Savills. Nicole, good morning. Thanks for joining us.
1: Good morning, Chuck. Thanks for having me.
0: You want to, um, If you don't mind, you're actually, um, uh, I've been really excited for this conversation based on your background and industry experience. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and some of the work that you're doing at Savills?
1: Sure. So this is exciting for me, too. I'm happy to join you. And a little bit about myself and my company. So I've been in the commercial real estate industry for the last 20 years and at Savills for the last 16 years. We're a global commercial real estate services firm. Uh, what that means is that we represent tenants with their office space needs, whether they're restructuring their lease, they're moving, they want to open a new office. Uh, we are really, you know, start to finish. So looking at everything from strategic planning, touring, site selection, lease negotiations, and ultimately moving them in.
0: Fantastic. I, I'd love to start with something that's, I'm, I'm sure on a lot of people's minds, you know, we've talked about this. And, and hopefully, I'm not overstating this, but I want to give you a chance to course correct. If so, you know, in, in our experience from a blueprint perspective, we're you know seeing so many companies, you know, they've been forced to go virtual because of, of COVID and, 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 and very understandable concerns about you know keeping their workforce safe and and, and mitigating unexpected costs. Um, and and a lot of these companies have you know they're they're downscaling, they're canceling their office le- leases. In our expense, they're they're you know looking to stay remote into the foreseeable future. I'm I'm curious if you can just talk in general. I'm only seeing a you know a small segment of the market. I think that you see. What are the trends that you're all seeing overall on the market around just commercial real estate in general in this kind of lingering you know COVID world that we're in?
1: Sure. So I think you know we've seen things kind of ebb and flow. Frankly, as we've gone through this whole. COVID process and iterations along the way. I'd say that, you know, now being where we are um, a number of months in that clients now, more so than not, are talking about how they can get their employees, how they can get their staff back into the office and how to do it safely. And obviously right now we know that there are across the country different restrictions and variations in terms of how many people you can have in at a time, what that looks like. But much more so, I think CEOs, C-levels are talking about that they're really missing the collaboration, the creativity, and the culture. And they want that to remain strong. And in order to do that, they feel most confidently that they want to get back into the office, but they need to do it in a safe manner. So we've actually been spending quite a bit of our time advising our clients uh, on what that... Would and could look like, depending on their situation moving forward, and knowing I, that that's not going to happen overnight, but it is something that is on the horizon and something that people uh, are anxious to do, but want to do it when it's safe to do so
0: I, you know I'm curious um, it, it's great to, you know to speak with you in, in given that you have this you know actual experience you're talking to executives and CEOs and hearing this. you know my theory has been that Many, many individuals have sort of overstated the way that thinking about the office from a collaboration perspective is often a cover for just old school tendencies and, like, you know, a desire to be lurking micromanagers. Can can you talk a little bit about, you know, where you see interest in the office to help promote healthy collaboration? Obviously, I don't think we're sitting here both thinking it is about the need to empower the micromanager or to empower you know, old school tendencies that don't make us all more productive. And, and again, I might be stating the obvious here, but I'm curious, like, you know, where do you see or where are you hearing from executives that you know, collaboration is missing or more limited um, in this world where we're not able to, to meet as often in, in offices as we might like?
1: Yes. Yeah, so the challenge really, you know, we're seeing, and we knew this, but this is a perfect, frankly, case in point, that in working from home, there's a lot to be said for individual work and individual tasks. And I think that most, if not all, people would say that on an individual basis, there's a lot of good that can come out of working from home and individually. Now, where we see ourselves and also um, in speaking with our C-level clients, the concern and the challenge has been now getting the groups back together to talk about innovation, to work on projects together. That's been much more challenging. Also, frankly, keeping their culture intact and also enhancing and growing that culture. It's one thing when you've been in an organization for 15 or 20 years, And you have all of that in reserves in terms of the culture and the camaraderie. But if you're newer to an organization or you want to bring on new staff to an organization, it really creates a challenge to do so in this virtual environment. And how do you create that culture? Because otherwise, it's as everyone is working independently and on their own and doesn't have that, uh, you know, tie and have that strength in terms of working for a bigger picture and working for a greater good. And in terms of the workplace itself, what we're seeing a lot of focus on is wellness and Absolutely. in terms of collaboration, making those collaborative environments much more comfortable and friendly and also for with use with furniture that can be moved and distanced. And so it's not just your typical large or medium or small conference room anymore, but it's much more comfortable, casual, different styles of furniture that can be moved around and spaced out so that people uh, can talk and feel comfortable and collaborate, but do so at a, at a distance and um, just in a much more uh, conducive, comfortable environment.
0: It's interesting. I think when I think back on, on, on my career and, and, and highlights, you know, oftentimes it really has been, you know, those moments of opportunity for you know unscripted unplanned collaboration, right often you know, the, you know the the water cooler moments right which you know that that term can be used with you know you know in, in a mixed sense, but it's been so valuable for me from a career perspective, and I, I think certainly you know I, I'm not under the illusion that you can't promote all forms of collaboration with some of the incredible tools out there, but you know, the office does have tremendous utility to help promote opportunities like that and just to get to know people you know as as people in full, right? And not 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 simply in a in a digital sense, right?
1: That's right. And certainly with COVID, it's impacted our sense of social and well-being. And so looking to get back to the office to have those interactions um, and just, you know, have that fun and happiness and the culture and looking at ways to do that, whether it's with furniture solutions, whether it's through safety protocols. Um, through different types of engagement and talking with our clients about how to move that forward so that they're not just surviving anymore, but they're back to thriving and really learning, socializing, connecting, and making it a positive place to go. We know how to work from home. We've proven that that test works. But again, now it's how do we enhance office space for companies in order to have employees that want to come back and there are things at the office that they can't get at home and then how does that fulfill them and just fulfill the overall company and goals and culture and, um, you know, everything moving forward.
0: Can you talk a little bit about, I me and you talked talked earlier about this, but uh, I'd love to hear some of the examples of things that you're seeing, you know, some companies do today that, provide opportunities for even putting sort of, you know, the office itself aside? What are some ways that you're seeing companies look to gather people in a safe way without putting, you know, any individual and, you know, in a position where they're not feeling comfortable or safe?
1: Yeah. So one example I love to share, and I think, you know, this is certainly a time where we're testing these things out and, new, innovative ideas come when you have to change things up. You can't just keep doing the things the way you used to do them. And so, you know, what we're seeing in one of my clients in in particular, uh, we just had this conversation. And so we had worked with them on their office space. We're actually working with them now on another location. And what they love about the space that they have is that we were actually able to secure them outdoor space. Right. So whether it's a patio, a private balcony, um, or something on the roof, rooftop uh, access or a private rooftop, that outdoor space is really coming in handy for a number of reasons. And as you can appreciate, it's outdoor space. So in terms of fresh air and safety and comfort with a mask and at a distance, yeah. most people feel pretty comfortable in that type of environment. And so with this client in particular, but we have others as well who's been able to really enjoy this and utilize it is opening up their nano walls. So they have walls that they can open up so it becomes much more indoor outdoor environment. They've had clients, they've had um, meetings and they've brought some of those inside but with the walls open. And so for those who felt comfortable in- engaging and do that but just looking at how creative and innovative and certainly become more of a challenge as the weather changes depending on on what city and area but we've also seen some of those same companies and talking through okay here are the heaters that they'll be using on the patios or on the balconies um obviously with landlord approval but uh that they'll be able to do so they'll be able to continue that for as long as possible so that's been really neat and very successful and in cities and areas where you can secure that type of space it's really uh created this opportunity for those companies and organizations.
0: What about in terms of just, you know, air filtration systems, sanitation standards, are you seeing big changes there as well? Uh, What are are things that are being done just overall with with existing internal spaces or in general to to promote safety in the office?
1: Yes. So to date, we've seen big changes with landlords, And so landlords looking to upgrade their systems and ideally get to, you know, a MERV filter and that being the ideal place to be and looking at how they can upgrade their systems. So a lot of the emphasis from the start until now with COVID has been on the building systems and looking from a landlord's perspective. So us in representing tenants and the tenants needs with office space, that's been an area where we've been Talking with the landlords, also in talking with and informing our clients and tenants about what that means for them. And then taking it a step further to then look at their uh, air quality in their individual spaces, also surfaces and cleaning protocols, uh, temperature check protocols. So going through all of those things and started to talk with um, tenants more about different types of systems, to your point, that they can also put into their own space. And some have started to do that. Some are still pondering and thinking about what they want to do and cost implications of doing that to then further uh, enhance and improve their own space in addition to what landlords are doing uh, to be as proactive as possible.
0: I mean, as you're going through, I'm thinking these are all great trends, right? Obviously nobody wanted the, the the awfulness of of COVID this year. It, it's nice, though, to at least feel that moving forward, not only are we doing things to, you know, to, um, you know, mitigate risk on an ongoing basis, but also to make our workspaces, you know, safer and more promoting of wellness in general, right?
1: Yes, and I do think if there is to be a positive, that is one of the positives that is coming out of COVID in this situation is that... I, um, landlords, tenants, construction sites, everyone is taking a much closer uh, look at wellness and taking it much more ser- seriously than we ever did before. I was actually on a call uh, with a construction company the other day, and they mentioned um, anecdotally, but is also a positive and certainly changing the construction world in terms of commercial real estate, that they now have sinks on site and they're building office buildings. And so as crazy as that sounds, there weren't always sinks on site prior to COVID. So that's something we don't see that they will now go back on. And so looking across the board at all the different areas that can be improved upon from a wellness perspective, and there is certainly a lot to be improved upon. And we've, we've made some really good strides Amid COVID, but we made some good strides in, in moving that forward.
0: Yeah, these are all positive trends, and, and great to hear in general for promoting, you know, safe work and 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 wellness in work. So I, I think it's 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 good to hear all of this. I you know I'm I'm curious if you have any sort of predictions. I think I think you know at Blueprint we've been big believers from inception that there's tremendous opportunity for company growth and expansion in regions that historically have been overlooked, at least by, by tech. And so we've been focused, you know, in, in areas specifically in, in Tennessee and the Southeast to promote regional expansion and, and business growth. I'm curious where you see opportunities as we, you know, I want to say post-COVID, obviously we know this could be a long time to come, but as we start to anticipate some return of normalcy, you know, where do you see, um, expansion in markets from a commercial real estate perspective? Are there certain regions that you see um, growing more in this, in this post-COVID world? Do you see things going back to sort of the previous state in terms of you know, some of the, the, the metros that have you know, historically dominated in industries issues like tech, kind of reasserting their value and strength? What, what, what kind of trends are you seeing and or anticipating, Nicole?
1: Yeah, so there's a number of things, and that's a really interesting and exciting question from my vantage point. Um, You know, certainly in our, when we look in the D.C., Maryland, Virginia, and looking at our area, we've always very much been resilient, certainly insulated. We have a 12-story height restriction in D.C. that people may or may not be aware of, so that's what kind of keeps our skyline looking pretty flat. Um, but it also uh, creates some insulation, and also for the federal government, frankly. So, where I see, you know, first starting regionally and then talking about the country as a whole, regionally, I think that um, federal government, and depending on what happens with the election and how things move forward with that, there could be some, there could be some changes and emphasis on different departments and areas, which also then um, begs the question as to which contractors are going to go. So grow. So a lot of movement potentially in the federal government contractor world. I also think as a whole, um, you know, bio uh, and tech and health and wellness back to that. So those types of uh, companies and opportunities. In terms of the areas themselves, I think that's an interesting one. And I, 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 I think in the short term, what I'm interested to see is what states and what cities are best suited and are thinking about businesses and how best to help businesses continue to survive and then again, get back to thriving. And so I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, going state by state and by area, looking at those areas where we think that they're going to really be helpful in, in making sure businesses make it through this and then continue to improve through there. So that's the way I'm looking at that. I also, I think to your question, which is an interesting one about transportation, you know, DC and there's certainly other markets as well that are very uh, heavily relied on terms of public transportation up until COVID. COVID hits and seemingly the interest for public transportation is at a low. And what we've seen a lot of is that, um, you know, employees have traded in metro riding, train riding for scooters or other, you know, cars or other types of safer transportation. In order to get from A to B, so that also begs the question of whether we'll see more. And there has been talk of the hub and spoke model, where you have a hub in an area, but then uh, an organization or company then provides a bunch of spokes, ancillary offices, where employees can check in to any number, you know, number of locations that make sense and is more convenient to where they live. Uh, so, all interesting uh, aspects and. Frankly, a wait and see to see what all pans out, but I think uh, worth worth discussing and further consideration to see see how this all goes.
0: It's definitely gonna be interesting to see how it all goes. I, I think it's interesting you mentioned, you know, hub and spoke, and as you were going through that, you know, thinking as well about you know how our post-COVID world looks in terms of you know urban versus suburban versus kind of you know rural growth, and you know where, wherever we land, you know, one of the things I'm certainly hopeful for is. You know, a recognition, you know, across corporate America of just the the importance of thinking about ways to to really get out and and and, and get access to the tremendous talent that there is across America, um, and you know, addressing that 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 um, the, the, the assumptions that I've seen in the past that you know, that great people can just simply pick up and, and relocate to a tech hub or another location, it, it isn't always that easy. I think, you know, remote work can be powerful to increase opportunity and access. But, you know, as you've shared, um, you know, offices offer tremendous, you know, utility and value in so many ways. And, you know, my hope is wherever we land here um, that we see sort of, I think you use the word more, you know, more innovation and just thinking about, you know, how space can promote, you know, wellness and safety, but also, you know, better collaboration and, and opportunities for businesses to grow, grow and thrive in communities, right?
1: That's right. And I think also, frankly, flexibility is going to be the name of the game. Flexibility in employee schedule, flexibility in the use of office space, and just overall flexibility across the board, because I do think that will help to get us through what we're facing right now. And then also help employees and employers to move beyond covid uh, into kind of a new, I don't know if we call it a new normal, but, you know, moving beyond so that we can get to this next phase and flexibility is going to be key throughout.
0: Absolutely. Last question I have for you. I don't know how many CFOs we have who subscribe to our podcast here, but assuming there are, are some out there, are you able to share what you're seeing just in a, in a general sense, in terms of commercial real estate pricing, uh, are, are there some screaming deals out there for those who are willing to start looking at leases? Are, are rates varying a lot by market? Anything you can share just high level, lease in terms of you know, pricing trends in the market?
1: Sure. Great question. And I'm a numbers person, so that's what gets me excited. I have my MBA, so I'm always looking from an entrepreneurial perspective, but then looking at, OK, what's the deal and the deal terms and right. how can we get them that much better? So in that regard, what we've seen pretty much across the board is in concessions. So a really heightening and uh, new highs in terms of free rent and tenant improvement dollars. So a really, really high um, number of free, free rent for longer term deals and, and deals in general. And then big, big pockets, big buckets of money, I should say, in terms of what the landlord will provide tenants in terms of build out, which is exciting because uh, that one, it'll go, money's going further right now in terms of construction for tenant improvements in space. Uh, but two, then it's, it's there's more that can be designed in the space itself, especially with what we're talking about in terms of flexibility, that will just, that will just help. Um, so what we're seeing across the board right now is certainly in those concessions, but then once those kind of hit their peak, and then at what point does then the rental, what point do the rental rates then take a hit? And so what we've seen for the most part is that rates have remained flat. Uh, but we'll have to see how long this is and how long this goes before we actually see um, a dip in rental rates, um, at least from our region. And then I would say, you know, certainly with New York areas in, in California, other cities, those cities that have had some real highs are also going to experience some lows again. And so they'll, they'll be back and everything, you know, certainly will be moving forward, but there will be more of a downturn where there's been some real upticks. And again, in our region, uh, DC, Maryland, Virginia, Everything's been pretty stable, even through the downturns. And when you look back through the last 20 years, it's been stable and then a steady climb and, and moving forward. So um, the interesting part is that you know everything's remained flat, except for those areas where if they've gotten really hot, they could take a dip to then head back up again.
0: Interesting. Well, appreciate you sharing your perspective on that. If there's any listeners here who are looking for for space and in the Mid-Atlantic, certainly recommend connecting with Nicole and we'll make her information available when, when I share out the podcast. I, Nicole, really appreciate you for taking the time and, and sharing your perspective on office space and the industry. It's been uh, really valuable and, 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 and exciting to hear you for talking about some of the options and trends that you're seeing. So thank you so much for joining us.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me and in- certainly enjoyed the conversation.
0: Thank you. Bye.